Welcome to the e-commerce growth show brought to you by Segmentify, the fast, lean learning machine, the fastest learning, most revenue generating personalization platform for e-commerce. Hello guys. Welcome to the fourth episode of the second series of the e-commerce growth show. It's another beautiful day in sunny Bristol. I'm still in my little lad Joel's bedroom. And at the moment, luckily the kids are downstairs watching the BFG, so hopefully you won't get all sorts of shouts and balls. But I hear Carl's got kids as well, so let's see. Anyway, it's time to welcome our guest, Carl Rutterford. Now, I'm really excited about uh, Carl's story, as uh, he's an experienced corporate leader, a business owner, and digital consultant. And he's had 20 years experience working up the ranks at Tesco. He then took the leap and he started his own e-commerce brand, Trading Antiques and did such an amazing job of that, disrupting the market, it ended up evolving into a consultancy after he got so much demand from his competitors. Anyway, he's since expanded that consultancy into all sorts of areas of e-commerce, but sadly, and being completely honest and open about this, COVID has impacted his business and he's really keen to talk to us now about his backstory. Hello, Carl. Good morning. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good. Okay, so um, I hear you've got a pretty cool uh, story to tell about being on Bullseye, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, my former colleague and I uh, at Tesco, um, we saw, we were talking about Bullseye, how cool it was, and Jim Bowen and so on. So we found an opportunity to trial out, if you like. Um, long story short, we ended up uh, having a trial in London somewhere. We get invited yeah. to the show. Yeah. We get onto the show and we do exceptionally well. Stuart was just awesome answering all the yeah. questions. I was deemed to be the dart player, but we get all the way through to Bully's prize board. Um, and yeah. we all know that you could either win a speedboat or a car. Um, oh, my word. Yeah, we get there. I'm the dart player. I go last. Stuart pops in with a good 37. We need to get 101 or more. Yeah. And there comes me, the dart player, and I get seven. Um, naturally the screen rolls back there's a nice new brand new Skoda there waiting for us and my face just is a picture we we didn't make it so we we ended up with our bendy bullies a tankard and darts (laughs) and our bus fare home as Jim would say (laughs) that is just heartbreaking man I mean I always I always thought about that program was so funny and and you'd always like be gunning wouldn't you for the people like they're gonna get it they're gonna get it and like and then you get that horrible Look at what you could have won. You're like, uh, that is just, why do you do that? That's so, such a terrible thing to do. Like, But um, you were saying you can see it even on YouTube, right? Uh, you can see it on YouTube. And it's quite embarrassing because Dave Spikey, who so was funny. the co-host, um, clearly said right at the start that he's going to ask my colleague Stuart a question. But he then decided to stitch me up and ask me a question. And I was totally not prepared and just said some random yeah. stuff about dancing, I think. And uh, is it? Yeah, it's been there on YouTube for everyone to see for the last however many years. That's so cool. That is so cool. Well, listen, I, I won't do that. I won't stitch you up today, right? Thank Every, you. Everything will, be, everything will be cool from beginning to end, right? Thank you. Oh, that's so funny. Anyway, right, so let, let's sort of go to our overarching theme topic, right? So you are, amongst other things, a, a passionate entrepreneur. And so for our overarching theme today, we're going to talk about what Carl believes from his experience are the kind of main ingredients for anyone out there 
who is thinking about starting their own business and particularly at the moment whilst things have been so massively changed by the current COVID situation. So why don't you tell us all about your thoughts on that, Carl? Yeah, certainly, uh, Phil, and thanks for the opportunity. The key thing for me really is there's a lot of things that Google will not tell you uh, when you're starting a business. So um, for me personally, um, running a business takes you through an emotional roller coaster, which, you know, I think one day I could write a book about it, but it will take you to (laughs) heights of despair to um, the the most pride that you've ever had. Um, Yeah, yeah, and it will be an absolute roller coaster. And where I go back, Mm. where I always talk to clients, friends, and, you know, people who have that idea, I say, look, Mm -hmm. you can read all you like on Google. It will tell you how to build a business, you know, get a strategy and so on. But I've got some really cool things I could tell you that you just won't find on Google. The way I like to put it, it Phil, there's always that scenario of if you're a footballer, you can mm-hmm. train all week, but you'll never be prepared for match day. Um, no, that's agree. how I compare it to a business. Um, yeah. I was not experienced. Um, you know, I yes, I I had a career at Tesco, so I was exposed to global brands. I worked with them, I nurtured them. Um, yeah. You know, I made some huge sales for some global businesses. But to start mm-hmm. your own business is. Yeah as big as how it sounds okay so yeah yeah no no, it's great it's great to talk about it i mean the one thing i would Mm. say straight away is Mm. you've got to be all in um if you're going to run a business and want it to be successful you have to live and breathe it and one of the first things i would say say straight away is Mm. you need to prepare your friends and family that you're going on that journey because um i often have this conversation with fellow friends and mm-hmm. business, business leaders who mm-hmm. said you'll only ever get it if you talk yeah. to another business leader that, that what i mean is there's a certain switch off button that doesn't happen when you run a business and yeah. to, to try and connect with your partner your spouse your husband your wife whatever yeah. and yeah. try to get that to resonate is challenging so um, what this means is that you might change as a person. Um, mm. I did. I became a little bit more selfish, which not in a yeah. bad way, but I had mm. to put my business first because I decided I was taking the leap. Um, yeah. But what you find is that as you keep going, you know, and as soon as customers start becoming part of your business, it's like there's another person in the room. Uh, seven o'clock at night when you're having dinner, oh, the phone goes off. It's another order or yeah. a customer wants some details, you can't just put your phone down. Now, yeah. there might be many people saying, well, come on, manage your time a bit better. <laughs> but yeah. I was I was fortunate. Well, I could say fortunate, but I'd look back again to say I could have stopped. My business grew from day one and kept growing. So you could say I was always chasing my tail and a little bit of that lack of business experience exposed me straight away. Um, but... It's something you learned to deal with and something that I could pass on to the next generation, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, completely. So, so sorry, go on. Um, I think just relating to that before you um, just um, come in, Phil, uh, sure. if you are going to start your own business, then I would 100% say go and do it. If you're in a full-time position, you've got a side hobby, take yeah. the leap. If you are impacted by COVID, 
Oh, it can't you can't launch a business in COVID? Of course you can. Um, yeah. Some of some of the yeah. biggest biggest well known entities were born during a recession. You can do it, but mm. you must have self belief. You yeah. must be resilient, and you must live and breathe your product, yeah. your brand, your business. Yeah, that's what you, I was going to jump on. Absolutely, I was okay. thinking to myself, you, you've got to have that self belief. You've got to believe in the thing that you are doing right, or the thing that you're selling or whatever that route is. And I was just going to ask you, like, what was the kind of inspiration and the drive and the passion? How did that originate for you to then start your business with that kind of, um, you know, mindset? Yeah. That, set even, right? No, look, that's a really good question. And I'm going to be really honest with you. I was working at Tesco. Um, I had a three hour round trip to Tesco HQ from my home. My son mm -hmm. had just been born. So naturally, there's this bit of me saying, I'm not really going to see my son. Um, I'm in a really yeah. strong position at Tesco, but every second I'm not at work, I am thinking about cool stuff that I want for my house. I want to go out on that journey and find, you know, find cool stuff. I want to go to car boot sales. I want to go to right. charity shops. I want yeah. to find cool eclectic items to put in my yeah. house. Um, yeah. We have yeah. a modern house and I want to throw in some cool stuff yeah. that, you know, put some character into our health. So yeah, my sure. main hobby, I always said that, look, one day I'd love to start my own business. Um, yeah. Even when I was 16, again, being exposed to so many different brands at Tesco, um, I worked with the likes of Hasbro, Nike, Mattel, Cadbury's, and you just become mm -hmm. a lover of all things brand. For me, it was packaging, yeah. it was design, it was colors. So I, I knew that one day, I thought I would end up owning a toy shop because... I not necessarily want to play with the toys, but the packaging <laughs> and that sort of resonate with your childhood. You know, you can go onto yeah. eBay and buy your old Star Wars figures, for example. Yeah. You know, I I did yeah. I saw it as an opportunity to make money, if I'm honest. I would I'd yeah. go and buy five Star Wars figures off the shelf and I would put them in my loft and just forget about them. And I did that for ten ten years, I think. Yeah. Um and then so I think I always had this inclination that i had something about me whether whether it was by fluke or mm -hmm. i always knew that i was uh yeah. had had that sort of sales salesy kind of vibe to me i don't know yeah. but um that might be sorry to interrupt but i'm just thinking to myself you've just touched on something very interesting there which i've always thought about and may maybe a, a bit of a a conversation that that doesn't have a, a natural answer but i want to get your view on it do you think you're born an entrepreneur or do you think anyone can be an entrepreneur? Um, absolutely anybody can be an entrepreneur, wow. Phil. Yeah. I, I really okay. believe that. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think certainly there are elements of um, your genes and what you're exposed to when you're younger and so on, how, yeah. you're, how you're brought yeah. up and so on. Yeah. But do you know what? I, I truly put my... Um, entrepreneur real thinking if you like down yeah. to my education my education was at tesco yeah. um yeah i didn't go to university um uh, that wasn't yeah. unfortunately i didn't have the choice my parents couldn't yeah. afford it let's just be honest um yeah, yeah so i went to work at tesco and i didn't know what i wanted to do with my life but i knew yeah. i loved collecting stuff so yeah. i think given that exposure at tesco and if you imagine look i tesco i'm so fond of i had um one lady called Jackie Kirby said to me when I was about 18, she says, yeah. you're, you're so good with people. Would you like to be a manager? And this was when I was, I think, about 18. Yeah. 
But then on the reverse of that, you had another manager saying, Carl, you're never going to get anywhere because you're too nice. Um, So I guess what I'm saying here is, this leads on to another point I want to talk about, is integrity is so important, which will make you a good entrepreneur. Um, I don't necessarily think you need to be born with that mindset, but I think what you'll find, and certainly I found in my business, is if you don't have certain things that are required to be a successful entrepreneur, integrity can take you a long way. And what I mean by that is, if you treat people like you want to be treated and go out with good morals, you're going to get a long way. And I think today, Phil, especially in the current climate, Mm. there's still this, um, what I call old school way of working in that it's all about the result. Go get it for me, Carl. Go get it. Um, Which was a Tesco mindset, if you like. Whereas for me, there's a go get it in the right way. Um, And I think, look, that mentality won't fit with all uh, business leaders. They want somebody to come in, be that entrepreneurial thinker, step on people's toes and go work their way up the corporate ladder. Yeah, yeah. One might say that with myself, I wouldn't have been always been the brightest in the room. But if you ask who was the most creative, I I, I might have put my hand up. Um, Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I think I think just to really answer your question, you definitely don't sure. need to be born into no. that. Um, no. And I think what no. happens as well, Phil, is as time evolves and technology evolves and platforms evolve that you can interact with, lots mm-hmm. of people who don't even have business acumen come up with the best ideas. Um, and that's why I think it's important for those who are listening to this podcast mm. who... Mm have that inclination that they've got an idea or they want to turn a hobby into a business. It can be done. If I can do it with no degrees, I don't have a bachelor's. I always say my degree was at Tesco and experience will prevail. Uh, You know, that there's a key word for me right there. Experience business acumen will take you a long way to become an entrepreneur. Yeah, no, it makes a lot of sense. I mean, you talk about integrity. I mean, I'm fully, with you there, I mean, I've always thought, felt that myself in terms of, you know, the job that I do, obviously being in sales in general, obviously we both are in different sort of different areas, you know, um, yeah. but that's one of the, probably I'd say also actually is the number one value I've always had in my back pocket um, because you have to get through that stigma actually a lot of the time where somebody innately won't trust you because, you know, you are a salesperson. And, yes. um, and, and, and I don't say that in a, in, a, in a disrespectful way. I understand and totally appreciate that people would think that way um, because of the other drivers that are involved with being a salesperson. You know, you, like you said earlier, you have to make money, you have to hit a target. You know, some, some people's mentality and management and, and leaders are, you know, you do whatever it takes to get that number. I don't care how you do it. I just want that number. You know, yes. so you take that, don't you? You take that to the market. And then for me, as I'm with you, you know, I take that integrity and that comes first. And that is what builds the trust so that you can get over that initial stigma by perseverance, actually, that initially, you know, and again, through experience, that there is a likelihood there's going to be a judgment or a stigma attached to you. But you can prove it and you can get past it with that self-belief and that value. So I'm totally, totally with you. Yeah. And you know what, Phil, I think I think there is a fine balance with integrity that I think comes with experience so for example at Tesco yes I always led with those values um, but maybe sometimes in a fast-paced environment where it's about numbers 
you know, yeah. ca- can I rely on this guy to get the job done? Can I rely yeah. on this job? Can I rely on this guy to do it in the right way? Now, I think put me back to my Tesco career as a senior leader. I always put the people part first, which sometimes mm-hmm. may be deemed as is this guy going to go out and get me the results? Well, yeah. yes, yes, I was successful in my career, but could I have gone further? Probably yes. I don't mm-hmm. think I was well-rounded enough in terms of the sort of business critical, get things done, prove you're that business person, for example. Yeah. But I left a legacy of people that I know thought highly of me. I was a good yeah. guy. Yeah. Where I'm going with this is when you yeah. take the leap and become your own business owner, that yeah. is when you become well-rounded. So I, yeah. I'm a different beast to what I was at Tesco. Um, that's because... Yeah. I've learned now that actually you can still have integrity, but you can still go get results as well. Um, And that's what I love about the fact that I have that blend now of corporate leadership and business ownership. You see, sometimes you can relate back to your leader or your boss at the time saying to you, look, think, try and think about, you know, the problem that you need to solve or the pain points that the customer is having. And maybe I wasn't always there, but as soon as you run a business, boy, do you learn it quick, Phil. I bet, I bet. Well, that sounds really interesting. I mean, taking it from then the seed, so you, you've got that drive and you've got your values that you want to do this. I understand that. So how did you then go about actually realising it? Um, th- the thing for me was I, I, I did my research, Phil. For me, right. this is the key point right here now. Right. And yeah. what I mean by research is I don't go get a pen and paper and yeah. write down my strategy and my USP. I mean, do your research. Um, yeah. I spent six months because I wanted to create a powerful message, a powerful brand that was going to mm-hmm. interrupt or disrupt a market, if you like. Um, yeah. I was going into a industry of antiques, which is very well known. There's heritage, there's um, a lot of provenance that goes with it. But I knew nothing about the industry. All I knew was that I liked the items that were in the industry. So mm-hmm. I had to now turn my passion for the product into a serious business model. So yeah. to do my research, what I mean is like, you know, who are my competitors? So I would literally stalk, yeah. stalk the people who would be my competitors. Yeah. And I would use that to then establish, yeah. you know, what the gap in the market is. And for example, if I said to you, Everyone was doing this industrial trend. You know, you've got to have this industrial looking office with lockers and swivel chairs and um, aluminium desks and so on. But I just thought, do you know what? I love um, fun stuff. I love color. So I'm just going to go out and find eclectic items and have something different in the market. Do something different that everybody else is doing. Right. Yeah. But what I'm also going to do is come with the, um, you know, the most, well, not the most, the best customer experience you could provide in this industry. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. for me, there's many things that I would sort of put on a checklist, but it's um, do your research, find your audience, but not only that, find the most powerful way to talk to them. Um, yeah. Get your strategy in place. Make sure that you stick to that strategy. That's a really key point. But I think, yeah. think that on the softer side, Phil, yeah. is let's talk about the branding, which was one of my main yeah. successes here is... right. What I think you need to do if you're taking the leap is build a brand that has a yeah. story attached to it. And it's a right. story that you can talk about during your tenure as that business owner. So yeah. my, mine was Ralph and Co. Ralph had just been born. He's a few months old. Um, mm-hmm. 
I put a hat on his head, which was a Victorian hat um, yeah. because it was antique and that formed my logo. And because there was a story attached to it and my branding I designed around yeah. that, I was able yeah. to, to use that story to mm-hmm. resonate with customers. Um, this goes yeah. back to that part around customers today do not want to buy from you first. They want to form a relationship with you first. Yeah. And, you know, people buy into you as a person. They buy into stories. And this is why I really want to say to the next generation yeah. is that, you know, it is about if you're going into this as a business full time, yes, you've got to go make money. But if you have a powerful message, a brand um, that you've built and you and you live and breathe that, you can very yeah. quickly engage passionate supporters of your brand um, and they will do yeah. the talking for you. And it sounds really daft, Phil, but we're on a podcast. Word of mouth is still the strongest form of marketing, mm. right? So Absolutely, absolutely. So I think there, yes, you could probably get all of those pieces off Google, but the main thing for yeah. me is around the brand yeah. that you are building here. It's got to be a brand that yeah. Yeah. has integrity, it has a story, it is visually impactful, and it's memorable is the main thing that I would say. Make it memorable. Yeah, yeah. No, that's so interesting. So, I mean, the whole of the, I mean, for me, like the story that you have, that you then want to tell your customers is something that you, it has to be real for you, authentic. You have to, it has to be passionate. You can't kind of make it up, right? It's got to be a real thing, which I get that. Um, And then it's going to connect with people. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, no, completely. Um, So, but does this take a lot of kind of money, uh, training, uh, etc.? I mean, how do you, you know, you've got your passionate story and so on. And yes, customer experience is going to be critical and, and so on. But you've still got to build a business. I mean, do you need a lot of money to do that? How did you practically get that business up and running, selling, making money, etc.? Again, I think that's a really valid question because can you find on Google how much it takes to start a business? It will be too generic, no. won't it? Yeah. So for me, look, look, the whole thing about um, starting a business is there's a little bit about a gut feel here, but there's also yeah. the bit, there's also that the things they don't, don't tell you on Google is you, you've got to have a contingency, which is I think I can start my business with £5,000 in the bank but I'm also going to have £10,000 as a backup, for example, to start a small trading business. Um, For me, again, it's all about doing your research. So what I did, for example, was my top three competitors, I knew they had about 100 items available in stock all the time, which said to me, well, their stock is valued at about £100,000 then. So I'm kind of looking looking at different metrics that are going to help me build how much money I need to start with. Um, So for me, uh, it is a pretty much finger in the air, but the main thing for me is you're going to need the contingency part rather than what you need to start with. Do not start a business um, with just a few hundred pounds in the bank because... You will find so many things when you start a business. For example, uh-huh. um, I need a website, right? So in today's market, um, I don't just need a website. I need something that's responsive, that works on mobile. I need something that um, mm-hmm. can incorporate my social media channels. I need yeah. something that's interactive. And when you start to think, oh, hang on, I need an e-commerce yeah. website, yeah. there are costs associated with that. Um, hosting yeah. fees, there are fees to set up email accounts, there are... Mm-hmm. 
then fees to set up your business cards. You then need to register your domain. And as soon as you start adding up the yeah. 1099s and the £50 and so on, before you even start, you're going to need a couple of thousand pounds in the bank to get you up and running. Um, yeah. So the key thing for me as well to hit on the, on the money point of view is yeah. make sure that rather than think about the money, think about do I have all the tools in place that's going to go make me money? And that for me is, are you ready? Are you resilient? Do you have thick skin? You're going to need it. Yeah. Do you have the digital platform that I'm going to need in this day and age? And, yeah. you know, do I have all of the ingredients to say I'm ready to go and run my own business? Because I think as soon as you've got a customer um, experience, yeah. if you like, um, and you've got your products and you've got the gap in the market, it's all down to yeah. you. Um, yeah. Yeah, you are the face of that business. I remember I said right yeah. at the start, you're all in yeah. now. So yeah, off you go. Yeah, no, completely. So, I mean, to boil that part down then, if you like, of taking that initial seeded idea and turning it into a business, what, what we basically said is that you you need a strong, passionate story behind it all. You need to do your research. It's going to be life-changing in terms of the amount of work you're going to put into it. You're going to live and breathe it. You need to set expectation around you. Um, you need to obviously be different. You need to be very, very customer-centric um, in terms of you know your plan. And then what do you think about – would you agree that it's, in some respects – a bit of a test and measure type scenario. I mean, you wouldn't just, well, you might. I mean, it's kind of what I'm asking you. I mean, would you would you be an advocate of the kind of test and measure approach where, for example, you're thinking, oh, I think it might be good, but maybe I'll just make like a, a prototype or I'll, I'll buy an antique and see if I can flog it for more and see if there's demand for that particular thing and then see where it leads. How did you, what would you advise in that, in that side of things, test and measure versus kind of, because you did mention sort of all in. So I'm just trying to, gauge that from your perspective what do you think yeah um i think again it's a really valuable question i i'm on the view of that if you can test learn evolve if you like then obviously do that and you could say that i did that because yeah i knew that when i was buying toys as a 16 year old that 10 years later i sold a toy that i bought for 199 for a thousand pounds um yeah it was a star wars toy now imagine buying several of those i kind of Mm. I wasn't doing it as a business, but I was probably uh, indirectly yeah. testing, could I make money? So you could say that entre- entrepreneurial spirit was there, Phil. But yeah. I-, I think if you can do it, I would do it. But the thing for me yeah. is then you're yeah. not really, um, how do I put it? You're not really then going all in and um, yeah. just trying to think of the right ways to put it. I think you've just got to go with it, if I'm honest. I think if you're yeah. going to put all that yeah. time and effort yeah. into running your own business you've got to go yeah. you've got to believe yeah. in yourself um yeah no, you, completely. Could, you could say the test learn ev- i mean test learn evolve works with a lot of global businesses who have the backing and the funds and the time to do so but yeah i think when you're starting out on your own imagine yeah. at this stage you've done all your research and you're you've got the self-belief and you've got your product so you've done everything yeah. on your checklist i think okay. you're ready so yeah. yeah my view would be go go for it yeah. what, what yeah. can you lose is the end is would be my um point yeah and I suppose that's the critical thing, isn't it? Because if you, there is obviously some nuts and bolts you're going to have to take in consideration there. You do want to go all in, but you're not going to take, you're not going to remortgage your house 200 grand and then smash it into something and then see it all go. So it's not like, you don't mean obviously that side of it. It's more the spirit of it. 
and then obviously be careful in terms of the investment you're going to put into it kind of like you said right that's right there's an element of being brave here phil um, yeah sure and i was i was brave i mean like i said i had no experience um building a business yeah. and i learned more during you know on the pitch in the match day in my business than i did with that six yeah. months of research before i yeah, mean absolutely You've got you've got to be um, versatile. You've got to be willing to accept that that didn't yeah. work out how I thought it would. But in the yeah. words of Tesco, make yeah. mistakes fast, recover quickly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So Absolutely. I was all about you've yeah. got to be you've got to be resilient. You can't go and sulk if trade yeah. doesn't pick up or there's this expense no. you never thought of. You've got to. Um, like like I said though, it's challenging because you cannot mentally prepare yourself for running yeah. a business. Um, yeah, for sure. That, and actually, it's a good point you mentioned that because I was going to say to you, were there any particular big clangers that you actually went through, and then that empowered you? What did you learn? You know, were there any big things that happened that that stood you in good stead? Um, yeah, I mean, there there are many. I mean, one key thing for yeah. me was I. It, this is the most bonkers things about the success of my business is I came from a marketing uh, brand background. And when I started running my business, the bit they don't tell you on Google is that you're not going to have time to use yeah. your specialty of being a marketeer. Right. So I, what I found was I, I became so em, embroiled with, I was the picker, the packer, the buyer, the merchandiser, um, yeah. the guy that responds to emails. I was every part of that business the bit where I thought I could have competitive edge was in the marketing. I rarely got to fill. So yeah. naturally my way around that was, well, look, the best form of marketing is word of mouth. So that's why I need to go yeah. and get all of my friends and family and customers and get mm -hmm. them included in my business so they can market it for me. Yeah. And that, that today, that realization was that, you know, don't do this on your own. Reach out. No. It's a key thing yeah. I would say to the next um, generation yeah. is that no, that's when, really you good. when you start your business, you must go and tell your friends and family what you're doing and get them in yeah. in included in your business. And what I mean yeah. by that is kill two birds with one stone. What I did was yeah. I got some friends from my boot camp. I said, look, I've got this new business. I'm selling antiques. I want to uh, make it a bit different. So I wanted to put them in the photo with the product. And what yeah. it does, it adds personality to your business, first and foremost. Yeah. Um, but from a business point of view, it, it adds scale and mm. makes the customer buying decision a lot easier. But sure. what happened sure. with that, Phil, was as soon as my friend Adam or Jess got home, the photos on Facebook and Instagram, they're both tagged. All the other friends yeah. see it and say, whoa, what's this business then? That looks so cool. It looks like you had so much fun. Yeah. And that's how my business really took off. It was yeah. because yeah. I realized that right at the start, I could not do this on my own. I needed to get other mm. people to go on mm. the journey with me. Yeah. And, you yeah. know, I've, some of, some of the, um, the support that my network gave me during my business is what made it successful. I, I mm. do not believe mm. that my business achieved what it did without the support of many other people. Um, no. No, so key, key tip there, I think. Yeah. So, and then you evolved that into a consultancy, right? Yes, that's correct. And this is a, um, um, for me, it's a, I look at it as a, you could say it was a cheeky little move for me, but there was some thought behind this. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think, look, 
Um, sometimes I beat myself up about this and think, have I failed? But actually, I look at it to think, when you're running your own business, yeah. you have to make big decisions, right? And yeah. three years after trading as an antique dealer, remember, I was doing my hobby now as a business. I'd yeah. realized that that original hobby that I loved, the passion for the end product wasn't there anymore for me. I did yeah. not enjoy uh, antiques anymore. I wasn't interested in them. And what started to happen yeah. was... Yeah. I wouldn't keep focused on what I was here to do, which was to trade them and make money. Um, So I realized after three years that I didn't want to do what I was doing. And yes, it it hurt a little because the realization was I didn't want to do what I've built up, but I knew that I had something else in the locker, how I could evolve my business. And that was down to all of the hard work I put in. I, if you imagine me three years, I was walking around antique fairs buying products. The amount of time I would hear, that's the guy from Ralph & Co. And I'd get yeah. people come up and talk to me and say, look, I've seen your website. It is awesome. It's so <laughs> much fun. How yeah. on earth did you do that? And you know, over the years, I'd naturally have conversations to say, look, I've come from a marketing background. I was exposed, had a wonderful career at Tesco and Dunhumby, where I was yeah. exposed to insights and how you use data to drive creative and you know the culmination of working both those businesses allowed me to have a a website that was never been seen before in the antiques industry if you like you know my website was a fashion website template that i used in the antique trade that's how bonkers it sounds but what it meant was i could have a product that quickly switched into a a model a person showing off the product and mm. it was innovation um, yeah. and people liked it. And once you add that um, innovation to a, the personality and integrity that I led with, it naturally gained a load of followers. So yeah. where I'm going with this was I knew during past conversations that I could very quickly turn my attention to some of my former colleagues and business professionals to help them shape their businesses differently as well. So yeah, I made a very seamless transition to change the brand from Ralph & Co Antiques to Consult Ralph & Co. Yeah. And as I was selling off my stock, I was already consulting, helping other brands yeah. with their digital presence and their brand strategy and their integrity and so on. Um, yeah. And then it moved on from not just antique dealers into other other realms yeah. such as working with an artist, working with a police sergeant who wants to be a mental health coach working with salons numerous clients who saw the value and the way i conducted myself as a business person that's great that's great so just moving on to what's happened now then if you like is that covid's come along obviously some markets have been massively affected by that as we know some are just going ballistic um due to obviously people being at home and so on and we're being open honest here about you know with the the current situation for you is it right that you were saying that you're quite interested in actually looking to go back into the the world of kind of the court not necessarily the corporate world but going back into a business and actually helping a business to um you know utilize your expertise that's right phil and and the honest truth is a couple of months Mm. before covid um struck um yeah i'd made the decision that do you know what I've, I'm really missing something here and I, yeah. I'd like to talk openly about this because when you run your sure. own business, um, I did it for five years, Yeah, being a sociable person, running a business mm-hmm. can be very lonely and that's one mm-hmm. thing I'd like to add yeah. to that list of what Google doesn't tell you. Um, yeah. 
doesn't make you a lonely person. You have you still have family and friends and everything else. Yeah. But yeah. when you are running your own business and you're all in, you're mainly just talking to yourself and you're reaching out to your network now and again, but it's solely on you. And what mm. I realized um, a few months ago was it's great being a consultant. It's great adding value to other businesses. But there's something is missing is that it's that let's go achieve success as a team rather than on your own. I yeah. miss I miss the corporate yeah. buzz and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, having so many amazing years at Tesco and working with so many great individuals. The thing that you miss is that that feel. Let's turn left and talk to that guy. Let's turn right or yeah. over the desk and talk to that person. Absolutely. You, know, you you miss that. You don't just miss yeah. the. Um, look, there's some wonderful business people who you miss talking to. They've all got different attributes, but you just miss yeah. that human connection, yeah. which is what yeah. I've realised that now. Now is a good opportunity to go and Absolutely. take my corporate leadership and now that blend with business ownership and, and really yeah. progress yeah. myself to that next level yeah. of I've got so much value that I could add to our brand now. Um, yeah. That's why Same. I want to go back into corporate. So, yes, yeah. to answer your question, yeah. Um, yeah. COVID yeah. has, if you like, um, mm -hmm. cancelled any contracts that I did have because they couldn't afford my services. Yeah, sure. But I remain positive because I'm I'm going on a different journey and I hope yeah. it resonates with somebody. I know there is somebody sure. out there who sure. would want someone in my experience in their business. Yeah, no, definitely. And it's so great, isn't it, that there's that, like you mentioned at the beginning, there's that integrity that says, actually, you know, this is now, this season is ending. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Um, I mean, this is why people change career and stuff, right? In any way. But like you've gone from building a very successful brand, which still exists, obviously, then you've you've moved that into consultancy because that's how you felt the next season was. And then this has naturally come to a, a kind of an end at the moment and COVID has kind of facilitated that. And now you want to take your expertise back into the market. So, I mean, that sounds true to who you are, you know, that, open, that openness and that honesty. Um, but I, I know what you mean. I mean, I, I work in, I'm, I'm, you know, privileged to work in a small team um, and have the opportunity to bounce off people and use my values and passion to infuse other people and, you know, mentor kind of youngsters who give me a ring now and again and say, hey, Phil, can I bounce? And that's such an honor, isn't yeah. it? You know, to have that kind of um, environment. So I completely get you. I mean, if the guys um, listening, you know, they want to get in touch with you about this, um, what's the best way they can do that? Well, at the moment, Phil, my website is still live, which is yeah. .co uk. But naturally, my my focus right now is um, I'm currently looking at building my network and yeah. meeting new people um, like yourself through um, LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, the challenge I have now is how do I put on a CV that I think differently to other people? That's that's my challenge yeah. right now. Yeah. Um, I know I've got so much to offer and a very advantageous split of experience. But for me now, yeah. it's um, finding that organization that yeah. wants that guy who thinks outside the box and yeah. can go and get go and get results, but do it in the right sure. way as well. So, Absolutely. Well, I'm sure there are many because that's such a powerful ingredient, as you've mentioned, to make sure that you can differentiate yourselves as, as the brand out there you know, amongst sure. everybody else. Um, so, I mean, just coming back, so just before we, we finish off, 
Um, just to come back to the, the main thing we were talking about around you know, the excellent stuff you've talked about from your experience of actually building a business and what it takes to be entrepreneurial and so on. If you were just to very quickly boil that down into a few top tips so that the guys can take it away who were thinking about this and, and they would feel focused, if you like, what would you batten that down to? Um, the first thing I would say is um, believe in yourself and press the yeah. button, go, yeah. take, take the leap because... Yeah. I'm very, I love the fact that I can say that I did it and mm. even like it was challenging, it was tough, sure. you know, you will never turn around and say, I'm, I wish I didn't have done that. I wish I hadn't have done that. Sorry. Oh, 100%. So it's, it's go do it, believe in yourself. Um, you've then got to be passionate about what you are doing. You've got to mm. live and breathe it. You've got to put your face out there to your consumer. Mm. Um, you've got to do your research. You've got yeah. to have a good strategy. You've got to stick to it. Um, yeah. you've got to be highly resilient and have thick skin. Um, yeah. you've got to prepare for emotional change. Um, yeah. you must, you must, you must, uh, prepare your family yeah. that you're going on this journey. Yeah. Um, and then I think the last thing I would say is you, you've got, you've got to remember that, uh, you're all in with this and you've got to reach out to people. One thing yeah. I just did not do well and I'll openly say this is I forgot to stop. I forgot to talk and I forgot mm. to talk to my network because yeah. beca it, as I've just said, yeah. right at the end there, yeah. running a business can become lonely um, yeah. in that you're doing it all yourself. So make sure yeah. that yeah. I don't take people with you along your journey more than what I did. I, I took people, yeah. but I could have used them so much more. Yeah. No, um, definitely. And yeah, that, that would be it really. It's, yeah, yeah. um, you don't need a degree to go and run a business, Phil. You need Absolutely. you need those ingredients, self-belief. Yeah. Go do it. Go do it is what I would say. Amazing. All right. Well, listen, thank you so much, Carl. That was awesome. Um, I look forward to well, hopefully having you back on here uh, in a few months' time, understanding, you know, hearing where you've, uh, where, you've, where you've ended up and what you're doing. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. I uh, hope it's been uh, of value. Um, so if you haven't done so already, um, please register at segmentify.com forward slash podcast. And that will allow you guys to listen to all the podcasts that have already been published and any of the new ones coming out. Uh, and you can obviously get hold of Carl's will be up there as well, along with all the other channels that we, uh, that we put it on, the usual ones, really. Um, if you've got any questions, you want to be involved in any way, um, in the show or you have any particular topics actually that you want us to research and uh, talk about then please do email me at phil at segmentify.com put us to the test and let us prove we can drive more revenue for you sign up for a completely free proof of concept or split test against your current provider set up and optimized by our team within a few days at segmentify.com demo